Well, this is Chris Angelus, and this is Right at the Fork. We continue our, our series of couples in the food business with John and Renee Gorham. I would be remiss if I didn't say the couple before me right now, Heather Jones and Court Johnson. Without their guidance, we wouldn't have this show, and, uh, and we're really glad that John and Renee were able to join us in the midst of opening a new restaurant, Mediterranean Exploration Company. Their fourth in the, we can't use the word that starts with something around Star Wars, but uh, we can't use the word empire, but they're fourth in the um, the Brave Bull, which is now consists of three about to be four restaurants. Toro Bravo, Tasty and Sons, Tasty and Alder, now Mediterranean Exploration Company. Uh, you can certainly look those up online uh, to find out about them, but most people in Portland know a lot about Toro and Tasty. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you must know about those places. They are two of the busiest restaurants in Portland. With his southern background in Virginia, Savannah, coming to uh, Portland and opening up Simpatica Dining Hall, which was lauded nationwide in USA Today as the best meal anywhere in the country. Um, and Renee worked uh, with Kimberly Paley at Paley's Place, learning the front of the house, couldn't learn it from anyone better, and then uh, started uh, running the front of the house at all the Brave Bull restaurants uh, a few years ago. And the two of them raising uh, children, dogs, and, uh, and also a family of incredible people at their restaurants. And one of the things that they, uh, they did not talk about but they'll allude to is that they have a lot of couples at their restaurants too who have thrived and uh, are working together the same way they are. So uh, it's a real privilege to be able to talk to uh, John and Renee Gorham. Uh, their restaurants are absolutely, unequivocally some of my favorites, and they're great people too, and you'll hear why. So, John, you went fishing yesterday, correct? I did. Did yes. you catch anything? Oh, uh, lots of fish. Yeah, a little seasickness too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So are you, you Are you okay over there? Do we need to? No, I'm good. We now. need to rock the yeah. chair just I think to I, compensate. I, yeah, I, I did a little rocking. So I, my, I, like going to sleep last night, I was definitely very shaky. But yeah. So, what'd you catch? Uh, lingcod, uh, sea bass, rockfish, and Dungeness crab. Nice. Yep. You're serving that was that just a personal catch or it was personal catch? But I, I think a little rockfish will end up on Toro tonight. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we caught a lot. It was like 15 of us. I think we caught 105 rockfish. That's our, a it lot. Was, it was the limit. We caught our limit. Yeah. How big was that boat? It was pretty big. It was 50, you know 17 people on it. Yeah. So how often do you go out? Uh, that probably my first and last. Well, no, I've gone, <laughs> I've, I've gone, I've gone out like three times in my life. But uh, when I was younger, I didn't get seasick, and this time it was so brutal. I don't think I could go do it again. Isn't it amazing? As you get older, I can't do roller coasters anymore at all. And when I was a kid, I could do anything. I used to go. I took soaring lessons yeah. at one point, and now I'm just not even going to attempt because I know how I feel on a on a roller coaster. Yeah. How about, have have you, you been not, fishing, Renee? Is you this? will not catch me on a deep sea fishing cruise. Or a roller coaster. Or a roller coaster. No way. Not into the roller coasters. I, even when you were a kid? Our, our life is enough of a roller coaster. All right. Well, good. That's <laughs> that's a little what we wanted to talk about. The roller coaster of three going on four restaurants, cookbook, uh, kids, 
life and how you're balancing it all. How are you feeling right now? Are you breathing? Really? Yeah. yeah. It's been up. It has its up and downs for sure. It's hard. It's, it's, it, you know, there's times where you're just way on top and you feel great. And then there's times where it's just totally on top of you. Every time I feel like I've caught up, I realize I should never get comfortable. Then the next day starts. <laughs> yep. And, um, and animals too, right? You have a dog? We have a golden doodle named Captain. Well, we love the doodles. He's a handful. How High old, energy. How old is he? 10 months. No, he's a, a, a 13. 13? Yeah, 13 months. So, okay, each one of these decisions is a decision. So you two sit down and talk about, okay, when you, when you first of all, let's talk about Mediterranean Exploration Company. Okay. You, you probably had that vision for a while. It, it was born from some travels. Um, yeah, you know, there's always probably, you know, a do- half dozen restaurant concepts in my head at all times, especially when I feel like there's a, you know, a travel and I'll go, Hey, that restaurant isn't here at Portland at all. We, we need something like that. And and then I'll think about, well, how would I do it? And so, you know, I, not necessarily am I going, Hey, I want to open a bunch more restaurants, but there's growth in the company that promotes opening more restaurants. Um, so like, you know, this, this one is about getting Casey Mills, who's been my right-hand man at Toro, a new project. He, you know, he was, he's been at Toro for seven years and he needs something different. And so this project was about, you know, moving him ahead. So you did that with Tasty too. I'm sorry. I'll... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that it's also about the space. You know, we find, we look at a lot of different spaces and then I think John kind of matches the concept with. The environment, and that's really how. So when you saw that, that space, that that of all the ideas that are spinning around in your head, that's the one that said this. That's the one for this space. Yeah, I mean, th- there's there was two concepts going in my head, and and, and also Casey's. So we got to talk about you know, it's got to be the passion of the project I'm doing it with. You know, the partner I'm doing it with, and uh, you know, I really want to do an East Coast style seafood restaurant. That's been you know, my my grandfather had a crab shack in uh, in Maryland, and I've always had that desire to do that. But then going into a failed restaurant space that was a seafood restaurant, I wasn't going to, you know, try to up them or anything. I was like, we should, we got to do something completely fresh here. So we'll look forward to that one down the road. We'll see. <laughs> so really my question was, um, when so when this came about, you, got, you sit down and have a little uh, family conference or a couple conference and say, listen, we got this going on. Because I, I marvel at what you do and how much energy it must take. So there's there's no one to say, well, wait a minute, let's slow this down a little bit. You're not slowing down. Oh, everyone's telling me to slow down all the time. If I if I didn't have like Renee and Ron and you know my daughters telling me to slow down, I'd probably have twenty restaurants right now. You know, it's it's you know, yeah. trust me, there's uh, someone's always telling me to slow down. So are you really telling him? To, does he slow? Does he listen to you? I just try to keep up. I'm just on board for the ride sometimes. Oh, I listen. Like I said, if I didn't <laughs> if I didn't listen, there'd be. 20 restaurants in town with my name on it. You know, it's I'm listening. So uh, if you if, if you say, I don't think this is a good idea, I'm not trying to get into marital politics here, <laughs> but I'm just curious as to how, you know, you have a lot to balance, how it all how it all comes together. I, I wouldn't be a successful restaurateur if I didn't listen to criticism. You know, that's that's how you get to be, you know, that's how the good guys get to be great is listening to criticism and taking it serious. Now, I might tell you, you know, F off the day you give me some criticism, but there's no doubt in anyone's mind I'll go home 
and reflect on it and think about it throughout the you know the time before I you know solidify a decision. So how much? I'm sorry, I was going to ask how much of your time, Renee, answer is not spent talking about restaurants uh, and and business. Oh. It's got to be really tough to keep it at home. It's you know you try to find the balance of leaving work at work and. And when you walk in the door, just really committing to the family and the family life. And I will say that as busy and as fast as John's brain works, he's really, really great at stopping, coming home, spending time with the kids. Um, But as soon as, you know, the dinner dishes are getting washed, we're right back into the conversation about, you know, what manager's doing this, what concept's happening, did the... you know, payroll gets set up, did insurance get, you know, did we get the safe information to them, blah, 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 blah. So it's it's kind of by default that we just naturally go back to that you have to. that discussion. But it's also about what we love and, and what we do. And, it, you know, being married to John is all-consuming, and it's, it, it's everything I love about him sometimes are the things that I find to be the most challenging. So what are the most challenging things about John? I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, trying to keep up with him. You know, like you said, I think his his creative side is so rich that I just try to remind him that we have to balance out. There's just so much more to it than than the concept, than the the creative process, the build out that he loves so much. I think he really enjoys the actual creation of the space. Um, but then we have to staff it and we have to, you know, set up the POS and we have to do all of the things that go along with, with opening a restaurant. And so much of that um, is to benefit the growth of our staff. And it's what has made our company really strong. We have so many great people that have been with us for so long that opening a new restaurant gives them a home. Uh, that also means that it's my job to replace them at our existing restaurants. So I'm not just staffing one restaurant. I'm holding puppet strings for 150 employees moving around. 150. So that's a that's a big job. And you got quite a reputation to uphold, right? You got some great yep. restaurants. Everybody has the highest expectations. People are walking in with expecting the best food and the best service. What is it that that you identify in people that you can't always be right, but that hedges your bet on being right for for service? And then we'll talk about back of the house too. I think just a natural love of hospitality and a really strong belief of what that means to each individual. Joining our company is so important. Um, you know, you you have to breathe, eat, and love this business to really be successful in it. So we look for career-minded professionals who take it super seriously but love what they do. And Is there, is there a – by the way, what are we calling the – is it the Gorham – if you're referring to all restaurants, what do he we call it? He hates the word empire. Yeah, well, I didn't want to use the word empire, and I didn't want – you can't call it Tasty or Toro. What do you – how do you refer to the whole thing? I mean, we, we like Brave Bull, you know. It's the, Brave you Bull, know, okay. Yeah, you know, that's what Toro is, is the Brave Bull. We we use that phrase a lot with, you know, talking about it all. Um, is, know, is there a magic ingredient? Because I think all your restaurants feel – they have a different feel to them than any other restaurant in Portland. What is – how do you – what do you – Gorham style. Yeah, what is that? 
I, you know, I, th- I think it's um, paying. A- I think paying attention to the whole picture. You know, trying to find balance. I think that's. You know, I think that in life, in my life, especially throughout most of my life, I've been on balance. And I think in the restaurant, I can try to find balance. And it's the balance of great ingredients, great price. You know, good service. You know, good food, great bar program. Almost, you know, everything is firing in all all the cylinders. You know, nothing is kind of weighing heavier than the other or, or shining heavier than the other. And I, I th- think it's the energy, too. All of our restaurants are festive, fun, high energy, yeah. really um, just kind of an all-encompassing atmosphere, kind of like hanging out with John. You know, when I, when I, when I decided to be, there was, a, there was a point in my life of being a chef before I owned restaurants where I, I, where I knew what I wanted to do. And my, my number one thing was, was all these restaurants had gone, I've gone and studied with all these great chefs and worked at a lot of restaurants and dined everywhere. And everyone always had an agenda to teach you how to eat, or I'm going to show you what, you know, what the style is or that. And my agenda has always been to throw a party, just to let you have fun, to take the, the worries of your day away, to come in and just let us take care of you. And you, your only thing, your only agenda at my restaurants is to be open-minded enough to come have fun. And you probably will. Is that because you're a pretty good partier? Because you can't just say that, right? You can't just say, this is what I want, and this is, and then accomplish it. There has to be energy that's coming from the kitchen and the front of the house that makes that happen. On top of the fact that you pointed out to me once that what really creates energy is a full house every, yeah. every night. And when you're not full, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. So, now, you know, like no, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very festive guy. Uh, yeah, I like a party for sure. Um, you know, and I think that's something, you know, there's balance in that as well. You know, if you go too far into that, there's not happiness in that either. So I'm always looking for balance in that in my own life as well. So are you a, were you a party person growing up or when you met? Not in the past tense? Or? <laughs> well, still, I don't know. Well, you must be. I mean, you're married to John. You can't be. John well, once told me that. And he, he's married to you. So that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, John once said that being a chef was kind of like. Being a rock star, and I, I don't mean that in the like egotistical sense, but um, you know, you create this this vibe, and yeah, you've got to be able to live it to preach it. So, but but also, we say this in our restaurants all the time. You know, we are there to throw the party, not be the party. You know, so that's it's also go, that, that that grows up like you know coming from the like growing up in Savannah and stuff of seeing people be good hosts. You know. My job is to make sure you're having fun. If I'm out there having too much fun myself, I'm going to lose my focus. So, yeah. Well, you're like a conductor because I love to sit at Toro on the side and watch you do your thing. I, that was I when I first went in there. That's what struck me was just how that place sings. And and you're standing there, and there's so much in a tiny little kitchen, so much going on, and it's all going and. Watching when you sit on those seats, you're right near the person doing the salads, and every time they pull something out, it's all cleaned up, put back till the next one. It's incredible to me. I'm sure a lot of restaurants like that, but I'm not a I'm not a restaurant guy, so I see that. But you're like a conductor, and and you're calm and collected. What what in your uh, what enables you to do that? Because there's a lot going on. You you have to absorb a lot of energy, and then. I think anybody who's in a high stress job like that will just say it's being in the zone. It's just being in it, embracing it, finding, you know, like you, you look out, you know, at Toro and I, I try to tell my cooks who get stressed about the lines or 
when they know they're just about to get beat down. And I'm like, if you were a musician and you were standing in a room that's sold out in a line waiting outside trying to get in, you would be so high off that. You would go out and perform your best. And I try to in, in, embark that in them. You know, I'd be like, look at that. They're here for you. They're, that, they, are, they are totally want what you're about to produce. Give it your all so they want to keep coming back. It's easy to compare the restaurant industry to the stage. Five o'clock, we open the door, the curtain goes up, aprons are on, pens are tucked in, you've got your wine key ready, the kitchen's on fire, there are mise en place in, spa- in place, and you're, you know, you're really ready to start the show. And so if you pump yourself up with that in mind, then you really, you know, it's like, it's like theater, you're on stage and, and you start the show and, and there's everything that goes along with that, the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the excitement, um, you know, people give us this gift of coming to our restaurants and spending two or maybe four hours after they've waited for a couple. Thank you for that. And, you know, we have an obligation to give them a great show. And it's a it's a dance. Watching the kitchen blows me away. Uh, and I'll say that for the floor, too. I think the staff just works with so much harmony. We run all team-oriented services. And so there is no my section, your section, your table, my table. Everyone is really there to give the guests the best experience. And I think that, you know, that combination of of harmony and structure is what makes us successful and it it makes us it gives us the ability to give the best service because we have a very finely tuned plan for everything and it works and i have to tell you i met came to meet you at toro i guess it was about a year ago in the middle of the day my brother's in the rock and roll business i spent a lot of time backstage a lot of time at sound checks in the middle of the day and the first thing that came to my mind, and I wrote it, too, was when I walked into Toro, it felt like you were at the sound check of something big that was going to happen that night. And it was just a Wednesday, whatever it happened to be. It wasn't a Saturday. It was just, but there were, you know, there were people at the bar tasting wine and doing what they had to do. And it, I've walked into a lot of restaurants in the middle of the day, but that was the first time it struck me that way. So That's awesome. I mean, I think what we, you know, what we promote is education. You know, an education of our staff too, and our and our and more, even most importantly ourselves. When I travel, I'm traveling and I'm looking for inspiration. I'm looking for insight. I'm 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 studying restaurants. I don't. I'm not. Rarely do I go eat at a restaurant and really let my guard down and enjoy it. Normally, I'm watching everything, and you know, as much as I'm I'm I, you know, like I think every chef looks for the wrongs. I'm actually looking for. I'm like, what are they doing better than us, so that I can adapt that to my own restaurants and philosophies. And I think anybody who's been in our company from day one would go, Toro is a whole different restaurant in the way we do and how we do things, but we do it in a way that the guests would never know. If you came seven years ago and you came back tomorrow, you would just think we're running a little stronger, but really we've changed so much in what we do. So I think we're, we're never, even in our older projects, we're never content. We're always re- reinventing ourselves. So what did you pick up recently when we're – that is something you can point to and say, that's something I realized we weren't doing. Renee, also, can you remember anything recently? Hmm. I can't think of a specific example, but I think we're always fine-tuning our service and adapting uh, to people's guest expectations. Well, I can see that with food. 
right? Because you new recipes and different things. Service is, I guess you can go somewhere and say, wow, they did that. But you're already doing it really well. What things can you find and see elsewhere? You go, wow, we didn't think of that. Well, Everything's been thought of. It's 2014 in service. Food, maybe I can see, you know, new recipes. But Well, I'm going to give the example of way back in the day at Toro Bravo. And it's, it's funny, you know, with family-style restaurant, it's really easy to go, you know, you can auction everything off. It's family-style. It doesn't matter. But beverages matter. And, and our good friend David um, Reamer, our photographer from the Toro Bravo cookbook, had gone to um, the Spotted Pig. Yeah, Spotted Pig in New York. And Spotted Pig is like Toro. It's nuts, but even twice the size. And he's like, I walk in, I got a two-hour wait, I order a drink from a, from a server, standing up, waiting for my table. I go to the restroom, I go to a whole other part of the restaurant, and a minute later, someone comes up to me and goes, here's your drink, sir. And, you know, there wasn't a, they didn't auction it off, they didn't go find him. They knew exactly who he was and got him that drink. And, you know, that was that's a fun example. Like, you know, David told me that story. He's like, you know, Portland restaurants, everyone auctions everything. You know, this was such class. And, you know, we were like, all right, you're right. You're right. That's, that is good service. And we, and we, we implemented that. And we have some, fun, we had some me. funny stories about it. So we, <laughs> he, he said, we, we have to figure out a way to create position numbers. And I'm like, how can you, how could we do that? It, it's just chaos. People are moving from, you know, the host stand to tables, from outside tables to inside tables. There's so much movement. It's like a, hologram of their number above their head <laughs> is what you would yeah. need. Well, I, I, well, you have the number. You just don't have the hologram. So we, we implemented position numbers, and that was five, six years ago at, yeah. at Toro. But the, 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 first, the first month we did it, there's still times where there is no number, and there's people who are moving, so you have to give a description on the guest check. Oh. And <laughs> so is that where it happens uh, on the guest it, check? Because yeah, so we, we basically what, what we have a see, We don't system. want you to see what we're writing down because right. the descriptions aren't always that great. You know, they could be, you know, so of course we didn't have it where it was printing on your check and our check. Of course. Or it was shouldn't have in the beginning. And one of our servers put older gentleman at the standing bar and he got his bill and it said that on there and he got pissed. I mean, he was so upset about well, being called older. at least he didn't go into fat. Yeah, as, yeah. You know, it's, yep. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have, uh, we have, you know, position numbers at tables for guests for their drinks. All of our food is family style, so it's served to be shared. Um, but, you know, we've we've continually added, um, you know, more traditional service standards like position numbers, you know, proper wine service. Um, you know, we've changed our wine glasses out at Toro. Another great example is when we had a guest peak of summer. Um, this was before we put in ample air conditioning and he was really upset that his wine, his red wine, was too warm. And my initial thought was, you know, it's 100 degrees outside. Like, I never apologize, but I'm compassionate. And, and I'll certainly take a look at our program and see what we can do about that. And, you know, he said to John on the way out, I know you can figure this out. And, no, he said, I know you can afford to figure this out. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's different. Said so John's a competitive fellow. Don't challenge him because he'll probably make it right. And within a month, we had vino temps and we had brought in some wine coolers and we started serving our wine at proper temperature. And so those little things that the guest will never see, but that will continually benefit the guest. Well, and they, not, they may not see it, 
but it's what goes into bringing them back because they're experiencing it. Well, I think it's that, you know, the quote we live by, the routine maintenance is the only defense against the onslaught of chaos. It's We say it at every meeting. I put it on every email, especially to the staff. And um, it just goes into that. I mean, there's so many restaurants that just build a restaurant and they let it run down and then they have to close for two or three weeks and do a big remodel. We we remodel all the time. It's just done, you know, during the day when we're closed. You know, it's, it's you know, we're always doing something. I mean, down to, you know, we, we've put in four different, we've added on four AC units to Toro since we've opened, uh, including what the landlord delivered. And, you know, it, it, the summers are getting hotter. It's no doubt about that. And, you know, you, we have to have a cool restaurant. And this last round of ACs for this summer, we actually had to bring in a whole new panel from the street to do the ACs. So, you know, a $15,000 job turned into a $30,000 job just to cool the dining room. And that's part of hospitality. That's going, I care about how you're feeling in my dining room. That's uh, a few bacon-wrapped dates to pay for that's that. That's a lot of it. That's probably, you know, <laughs> a year's worth of bacon-wrapped dates. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, John believes in mechanics, and that belief extends from the floor to the kitchen to the maintenance of the building to all aspects of the restaurant and consistency. And so, you you know, you've got to have those in the front of your mind at all times. And that applies to service and space. And so do you have company-wide meetings? You mentioned meetings. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a, once a month, we have a meeting with all the managers at the restaurant. So, you know, not, not, we, it's hard to get them all together, but we try to do that once or twice a year too. Um, you know, there's a, there's a good, I'm going to go back to what Renee was saying though. There's a, one of my favorite chefs and one of my favorite books is my gastro me Fernand Plant's book. And he talks and he's, you know, he was quintessentially, you know, the chef more than a restaurant tour. And he talks about, you know, a great chef should understand pastries as much as he understands, you know, butchering or saucier. And I think as a, re- a good, re- a great restaurant tour, you have to understand how everything works. You have to understand the floor and the bar and the kitchen, but you also have to understand the mechanics of the equipment. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Like, you know, you need to know why a walk-in goes down and how to take care of it and make it last 10 years. You need to know why, you know, what the coolers are doing, how, how the gas lines work, how the electrical works, what you need to know your pan, your electrical panel. You need to know, you know, all, you know, you, I have an arsenal of repairmen on, on me at all times and I got to know how to communicate with them and get the job fixed as quickly as possible. I, mean, I need to know like basics of plumbing, you know, like all of that. Yeah. Laws, you know? That's a lot to know. Including how to make a, a great, you know, a lot of great dishes. That's, yeah. that's a ton to know. And well, you're taking that on, the two of you take that on, he takes, you're pointing to him, takes all of that on yourself. If I could look inside his brain and and just map out exactly what he's thinking for a day, I think it would be what most people process in a, a Yeah, I mean, there's even more. <laughs> there's, the, there's the, you know, the, the legalities. There's, you know, understanding payroll, understanding insurance, understanding the laws. But so you're not, you know, Renee runs the front of the house. You brought her in and she does that really well. The rest of the stuff you have to have experts that are doing it. I mean, I, I have, I have an amazing. But ama- you need to know it. Yeah, I need to saying. know it. Yeah, you, you got to have the basics of it. You can't not, you can't, if, I mean, if you blindly know that stuff, you're going to be raped. You know, that's how, again, that's how restaurants go down. You know, like you, if you don't understand the way things are working, anybody could take advantage of you. So you need to be on, you know, you need to build a team you trust first, of course, but that takes time. So if you don't have an understanding of that stuff, it, you're in a very vulnerable position in a business where the, the numbers are nickels and dimes for profit. 
But then you also have to create uh, this family with your staff so they feel taken care of and supported so they can do their jobs successfully because we couldn't do our jobs without them. And, I mean, we have such an amazing crew of people that have worked for us and some of them for years and years and years. And so when John or I walk into one of the restaurants, which we do several times a day, you know, I'll see John just get bombarded with a gamut of questions. And if he doesn't have an answer, he'll find the answer. Uh, but he he's always open to that, as am I. And I think that's what make people feel like they're taken care of and, and puts them in a position to take care of our guests. So you do that at home also. Oh, if you yeah. do that at a business, like four three restaurants going on four then you must be pretty good at managing a lot of that at home, and you have a lot My going on. My kids are easy compared to right, employees. It's, and dogs. And <laughs> so, dog is not easy. <laughs> figure the, master the dog. Get, getting easier. Okay. Getting easier. Uh, um, so how do you uh, – does it just naturally occur? Or do you have a formula? I mean, you have formulas at work. Do you have a formula at home that you use? Because I think a lot of – these days, balance is a big issue for people. And it's hard, and they're not doing it, and you know people are murdering other people because someone didn't figure it out. Well, let's so, not murder each other. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> even discuss. I'm talking about you know. Uh, we it's do real- have a formula. You got to let people help you. You know, we have a guy in the neighborhood who loves tasting and sun, so we trade gift certificates for him to walk our dog every day. Every day in the middle of the day, he comes and walks our dog for an hour and a half. Now we got a we That's have a, a good dog. Walk. We want we yeah we want a relationship with our dog as well and. I walk my dog every day too, but that helps wear him out and keep him, you know, being good. Saves um, my shoes. You know, mm-hmm. we we have, you know, I have a, a lady that was the nanny of my oldest daughter, who's also my youngest daughter's nanny, and she's been around our lives like a grandmother would be at this point. Um, when you know, John and I first got married, he said that we'll always have a housekeeper because I never want to fight with you about who's going to clean the toilet and. That and has you want been to clean. a saving <laughs> grace. Not only do we not have time, but it's 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 no, part yeah. of our formula. We, and we started that at a time where we probably could have done it ourselves. But I was like, let's not start our relationships on nitpicking who's cleaner or not, because I'm probably not. You know, I'm bu- <laughs> I'm pretty busy. You know, I, I I'm 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 neat. I'm not clean. I I would say. We're, I think Renee's probably the opposite. She's clean and not neat. So having a house. I cleaner. think that's. I, I can understand Thanks. that. I felt yeah. that in my marriage. So this is this is your second marriage. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Te- technically, it's my third. I got married <laughs> when I was eighteen for six months. Oh really? Yeah. And did you learn that from that, that at all? What did you well, learn from you know, more? The first it was, or the second? Oh, definitely Not the second. Uh, yeah, girls. the second. The first. The first one. Literally, it was. It was. I knew it was a joke. I actually right before I walked down. You the knew, aisle, you knew it was I, a joke. I, right before I walked down the aisle, looked at my brother and I said, "This isn't going to last six months." Oh, nice. And I hope I hope that didn't show up on the check too, that uh, so, so yeah. someone can read it. <laughs> um, and this and this is your first. This ma- is my first marriage. Yes. And how Hopefully long have you been last. married now? It'll be four years in August. Yeah. Oh, nice. It feels like a blink of an eye sometimes, and sometimes it feels like forever. My daughter Royal, she's two. I gave her my phone the other day. We were in the car. She's amazingly good at navigating an iPhone. She goes straight to YouTube. She hits search, puts in T for Thomas. The history pops up. She hits Thomas. Somehow in her searching, she pulled up our wedding video on YouTube. I didn't even know it was there. And um, I heard the marching band. We had a marching band at our wedding. And I thought, oh, my God, that sounds so familiar. I got all teary and emotional. 
And sure enough, Royal's watching our wedding video on YouTube. It was a really special moment. That was, that was, and you probably, did you forget that it was there? I had no idea that it was there. It was a total shock to me. Somebody, somebody posted it. That's pretty incredible. it was very cool. You you told me she was good with the phone in in most respects. Baby but genius, apparently. That, that's incredible. So I wanted to ask the book. You uh, you know you deal with criticism daily. Not hopefully not much criticism, but you got to deal with it on Yelp or wherever it might be. And I wonder when you put out Toro Bravo, um, and then you're going to Amazon and seeing people comment on it. Hmm. And this is not what you you were not meant to be a writer. Or you know, to be a storyteller, you're, you're you're a chef. How do you how do you react to that? How does that feel versus criticism on the restaurant side? Well, I, when the book first came out, even before the criticisms came, which they, they, you know, for the most part, has been pretty good, actually. Right, no, but there's always like, going to be the naysayers. Yeah, yeah. I think when, you know, I'm a pretty open. If you get to know me, and you're even a little bit in our circle, you ask me anything, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm a, I'm a pretty open book. But then when the book came out, I felt really raw. I definitely felt like I maybe exposed myself a little much in the beginning. And, um, you know, I definitely got a few phone, I got, a, you know, like I got a few phone calls from some people that were in the book that didn't like being in the book. And, uh, and you I'm, can't I'm, take it out. It's yeah, not like yeah. a website. Yeah. I'm not going to say who what or what. What did Gene or, say to but, you after he read the book? Yeah. My, I, I, yeah I had to go and I had to see my, my, I had to give I gave a book to my stepfather in person and he opened up his chapter you know, and it's 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 raw. And you know, the first thing he said is like, "I can't sue you for slander." You know that. Was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and you know, I gave my. But brother, I'm gonna figure out how. My brother, you know, he read it and he was just like, "Man, you nailed it." So it, it's very tr- again, it's very truthful. But when those first criticisms, like, when a couple of the reviews came out and there was a few people who didn't like it, it definitely was, you know, a little raw. But you, you, I can't go recook the dish or go back and redo it. It's it is what it is. It's, that's what we did, and that's. I, I'm I'm proud of it. I, that's that was my vision of the book. It came out what how I wanted it to come out. So I just have to stick with that. So you knew you might ruffle a few feathers yeah, when you were writing yeah, it, but yeah, that was yeah. that was deal. So I uh, I wanted to just touch a little bit on Mediterranean Exploration Company. We talked about that, but give us an idea of some of the dishes that or the rest some of the dishes we might expect that we're not seeing anywhere else in Portland. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of recipe testing. It's been a ton of fun. It's it's um, it's going to be I, I think a lot like Toro more than the Tasty projects, in a way that um the way the the service is going to be and the menu format, but then I then I like to compare it to the Tasties that it's going to be as whimsical with the with the whole Mediterranean as Tasty is with you know like the world type menu. Um, we're going to see a lot of stuff from Israel and Lebanon and Greece. Those are those are our, our main areas where we've been focusing in a lot. Um, there's, uh, we just did recipe testing this weekend and we had some really great things come out of it. Um, some, you know, Greek style lamb chops down to, you know, Greek roasted potatoes. Um, those were a couple, um, Moroccan fish cakes. Um, there's this, uh, dish called El Babor, which I've been playing with a lot. That's one of my favorites. It's, um, uh, Turkish style, uh, lamb and beef kebabs that are, um, baked in a cazuela with roasted tomatoes and onion and dill and, uh, chilies. And then it's wrapped in pita and baked like a pie, mm. and it's so good. Yeah, that uh, that's one of the big dishes. Um, you're gonna see lots of like you know fried fish and smelt and anchovies and um, yeah. Some awesome raw dishes on there too. Some different carpaccios and crudos. Um, of course, there's a 
a, a bacon wrap date, but they'll be beef bacon wrap dates. Are yeah. you? Is it true that you're not doing pork on yeah, this we're menu not, at all? We're not, no pork. Not not no no pork in the house. It's gonna ever. Be, really, is that an edict from? The, I'm not gonna say ever, but you know, as um, we're really we're really trying to stay true to that Eastern Mediterranean diet. Yeah. So, have you been to Levant? I have. Yeah. And I how do we? Levant. I love Levant. Yeah. I actually, when he opened, I was just like, wow, this guy is really just blowing it away with this. Um. You know, I think that he's much more serious than we are. I think we'll probably be a little bit more of a festive atmosphere. Um, I don't want to compare myself at all. I think no, but it's I the think, first. Thing, the only thing that came to mind. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt there'll be some comparisons, but I think that we will be more whimsical in the whole Mediterranean too. Um, we're really been playing a lot with you know some of the some of the Greek foods. There's a restaurant I, I went to in the nine, like I think it was '99. That's always been one of the, one of my favorite meals I've ever had at a restaurant called Kakari in San Fran, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you know we're definitely I think bringing some of the the the, the things that they had at their restaurant to ours as well. You know, again, we're, we're not copiers or anything, so but there'll be some similarities to some of the style of Greek food that they've done. And nice. then, um, I you know, like all John's restaurants, this will be a a, a Gorham style project with a slightly different focus we're not going to do spanish tapas but i think you know people will enjoy plates of all sizes in that family style way uh you'll just have a lot more eastern mediterranean flavor profiles and the bar program and our wine program is going to be really different and fun too jamal hassan's doing a lot of olive oil and harissa bitters and honey and dates we're doing a uh, pistachio or got Mai Tai, he's calling it, I believe, the Tai Tai. So lots of lots yep. of different flavors going into this. You product. guys in the last few minutes have sent me into a trance. My <laughs> brain is no longer working because yeah. when you it's it's uh, yeah, I know it's gonna be fantastic. That's the thing. You can sit there and listen to someone, but you just I just know I'm gonna love what you're doing. So Yeah, we we've been, you know, again that trip to Israel that Casey me and Casey did a trip to Israel it was amazing. Brought back a lot of ideas. You know, Ron, that's, you know, he's from Israel. So he's actually been involved with some of the recipes, like, you know, his falafel and his North African fish stew and a couple other family recipes of his will, will pop on the menu. Um, you know, we have a stone oven in there. So we'll be making pitas to order. Um, that'll, that'll be something we, you know, we haven't had a piece of equipment like that in our restaurants before. Um, other cool pieces of equipment we bought to play with, you know, we have the, the, you know, wood fired, you know, gas assist grill. So a huge grill for all the kebabs and things that are on that. Casey's been making, um, his own, um, lamb meatloaf for euros. So we'll probably have like a really good fully from scratch euro on the happy hour menu. You're going to have a twirl. I don't know what it's called. No, no, we'll do it on the plancha, that style, which tends to be a little, we see a little more of that when you go over. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be fun and whimsical and, you know, um, I'm really excited about this space too. It feels very different than our other restaurants. It's a little more polished. When I was at, uh, Riffle, Mm -hmm. um, I remember actually sending this tweet out or Facebook post that there's the seats over there on the, that are looking at Kearney Mm -hmm. have to be some of the nicest seats in Portland because they were, I don't know if you're going to keep the. The booths, not the booth. Yeah, the booths there. No, nothing is the same. I mean, we the bar, the bar is where out. it is, and the lines where it is. But even the facing of it, we ripped it all out. So we've taken that. We've we've. It will be way more open than anyone ever saw it. We took out all the walls that was blocking out oh, the good. windows and That's lights, good. and it's just 
a very open, bright white space now instead of a dark kind of like you know low you know lower ceiling feeling. Oh, that that's they had. interesting because yeah. I've seen it go through a couple of iterations from fifty plates to riffle. yeah riffle. Really, you know, I, I, I'm only saying this because I know from the construction of the demo. They just refaced a lot of 50 plates. It really didn't change that much. We took it all down, and we took it down to concrete walls. Go, go with my look. We went more of that raw warehouse feeling. Took all the, you know, there was like trim around all the windows. And we just brought the warehouse windows back out and left them like embedded in the concrete. So it's going to be um, pretty cool. We did a lot of t- white tile work in there to brighten it up. We painted the ceiling white, which was black, and really brought it down. And then one of the cooler things we got that's exciting for it, we there's a tree from Lebanon called this uh, Cedar of Lebanon, and there's a few of them here in town, and one in Gresham had to be cut down. We bought the entire tree, had it milled and kilned, and that's going to be our tabletops. And it's some of the most beautiful wood you wow. ever see, and it's wood from that region. That is, that's fantastic. Yeah. Looking forward to it in July. I I, this may this is evergreen the podcast so <laughs> don't necessarily talk about it but we're doing an opening dinner and I can't wait we're really excited. really excited really excited about that with Portland Food Adventures um you're very busy but you love to eat where you get out and where you've been getting out mm-hmm. in Portland to eat you know it depends on uh, whether we have our kids with us or not so that dictates our our dining choices sometimes although you'd think a chef's children would be. Um, adventurous. We have some serious mac and cheese lovers. You know, we well, go... And, and the, other, the other thing I'll add to it is we try to eat at each one of our services once a week. Yes. So that's five dining outs right. right there just at our own restaurant. So our, you know, and we're doing that for quality control of the restaurant. So going out to eat definitely is sometimes for our children a chore. They, <laughs> they actually, unlike a lot of kids, they're like, we're staying home. Yay. You know, yeah. Yep. We love uh, maracuti for sushi. We eat a lot of Asian food. Healthy yeah. balances out our five meals at our own restaurants a week. Um, where else are we going right now? You know, I I love Fuller's Coffee Shop. It's mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think one of the best diner burgers in town. Um, I've eaten there since I was literally born. I, I have, you know, Susie's been running the place for years and years. Um, Ned Blood is right close to our house. Yeah, that's, we love Ned Blood. Yeah. Fifty, lovely fifty-fifty for yeah. pizza. I think is just love killing pizza. it. Yeah, and their salads are fantastic. They are. Yeah. No, she's, she's and I'm an not one to lady. notice salads as much <laughs> as I should, but they're fantastic. It's, it's, they offer a great package. The whole feel is is really there. Um, I love Luce for pasta. I think that's simple Italian. And yeah. you're big on ringside, right? You like to. I do. I like ringside a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I love. I love going in. I, you know, I don't eat in the dining room very much, but I love that corner table in the bar and just get a simple fillet and you know sauteed spinach and a Manhattan and you know, onion rings. Like the, yeah. yeah, ringside is such a Portland institution. It's a special. It just place reminds me of the restaurants sure. I grew up with on the East Coast. You know, it just got that you know that that vibe. Um, and you mentioned so we're doing an a. At our event, Maurice, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned yes. you know, uh, Kristen's place and then Serato as well. Yes, yeah. What do you like to eat at Serato? You know, I think Serato is one of the most beautiful restaurants in town. I think it's sometimes overlooked. Um, I love just their their simple pastas and their salads. I often go with my dad for lunch, actually, and it's just such a, a beautiful, comfortable space. I think... Uh, I think it deserves a little more credit than than they get in the 
in the food community right now. I think they get. Yeah. I, I think it's beautiful as well. Yeah. I so, think we're going to try to go to Road this Thursday. It'll be the first time we've been there. Oh, you haven't been? Yeah. No. Oh, that's a treat. Yeah. You'll enjoy that. Well, I look I'm forward to hearing a, uh, maybe a follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> on row. Um, but I really appreciate your coming in today. I know you guys are super busy, so taking the time, and I appreciate your graciousness in so many ways. Um, thanks so much. We'll look forward to seeing you in four places now instead of three. All right. Thanks, Chris. We had thanks. a great time. Thanks. Did they, did he, what was the uh, issue with the cookbook? What Did he just talk shit about people? Yeah. You, you mentioned the cookbook, and I haven't I don't read know, the but he, yeah, he talks shit about certain people, and he used a lot of language, and which you don't use in books very often. But right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just that's said, refreshing. But, but I mean, that's refreshingly he, on Portland. Are we doing this now? I don't know. Is this our outro? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know, though, I, and I don't think our listeners would, would necessarily... You know, no, unless they own the cookbook, and, and so that was alluded to. I own so it. Well. I read the. Uh, I read a lot of it, and it, you know, he says it's a great, it's a great way to get find out what was going on. I mean, John Gorham does not bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's great that his restaurants, you know, are named after the bull because that guy does not bullshit. He'll just tell, he will tell you what he thinks, and he does that in his book too. And he's so gracious. He's taken me when he first opened Tasty and Alder. I went on the Tasty and Alder Museum tour, <laughs> and he took he showed me every piece of equipment. And I'm not a cook, so I didn't get it. But he explained to me exactly why it was important and why it, something that got to 1,200 degrees got to why it needed to get to 1,200 degrees and what they were going to prepare there. And then um, just just really great stuff. And I've gotten to know Renee a little bit. She's fantastic. Yeah, it's nice. I haven't you had, you don't really hear much from her usually in the press and so it's nice to hear her uh, talk well but she you think about it those restaurants as busy as they are and we didn't really get into it i wanted to get into some stories with customers but you know they have weights all the time and they have to deal with people who are unhappy about that but um that's that means that they have to deal with more people probably than anybody else in portland yeah that renee is responsible for them so the fact that you don't hear about her as much as you might think is a good thing because she's doing her job well and i was sitting there thinking as i was listening to you guys talk that i I don't think of those restaurants as ones that are uh known for their service you know we talked to garrett peck and we talked about the heathman and imperial and all that and you know there's a certain elegance to the service there you know when you're at toro bravo or uh you know tasty it is a party, like they were talking about, but it's just nice to hear that there's all this background stuff that they've thought of that's happening without you ever even noticing. That's that's um, supplementing that atmosphere. That's that's providing. That's boosting that atmosphere that you never even thought about. You know, with wine temperature to, you know, anything else. But it's, at a restaurant like theirs, it sh- you shouldn't be thinking, oh, it's exactly, the best service there exactly. because. You just shouldn't notice it. Exactly. That's all. You should just get, get everything should come when it's supposed to come. And it, and I have to tell you, I've been to Toro a lot. And every time, everybody is just happy and friendly. And they, they go out of their way to please. So they've got that end of it taken care of. Especially if you have to wait 
you know, you can go up to Secret Society and hang out. They've got that all figured out very nicely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I love the I love their restaurants. They're just they're well, just fantastic. They're fantastic the first place. If anybody is ever coming to Portland, and I'm saying this, I would I talk in every podcast. Yeah, but and I've said this before. Um, anybody's ever coming to Portland and they have to experience the Portland food scene, I it's, I mandate that they get in Toro, but if they can't get in Toro Bravo, get into it or can't get that into their schedule, at least one of the tasty restaurants. So now we'll have a third, Medi- a fourth, fourth Mediterranean exploration company to throw into that mix. Right. But everybody's got to get to one of the... Uh, the Brave Bull restaurants when they come to Portland, yeah. at least, or two. We do want to mention, um, actually, since we're talking about so many restaurants, we've added links into the description of the shows. Uh, this was a suggestion by a listener, so thank you very much. Um, that when you are in iTunes or Stitcher or however you're listening to us, uh, take a look at the descriptions. We're now putting in links to all the places that are mentioned, uh, whether it's one of the recommendations by the chefs or it's their own restaurant. So uh, thank you very much for that suggestion. We strive to be better. Um, and, and we'll get that into time. the website, too, because some people are listening directly at the rightatthefork.com website. You can click on each episode there. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Have a good one.